Hey, good morning, Discovery, and welcome to the digital gathering. My name is David. I am the youth director here at Discovery, and I'm also a member of the teaching team. Um, you might know me as the announcements guy on some Sunday mornings, but um, this Sunday, I have the honor of sharing some scripture with you. Uh, before we jump into that, though, I just want to say this. Uh, some people say that hindsight is 2020, but now we celebrate that 2020 is in our hindsight. Happy 2021. Well, let's begin with this verse. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Let's pray. Father, as we dive into your word, would you open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds to hear what you have to tell us today? I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we get into today's reading, let's take a moment to pause. Um, I want to return to a question that Pastor Steve had asked in the Christmas Eve service a couple of weeks ago. He asked, what will you treasure from this year? Now, this is a tool that is very useful to look back on, but something you can do is actually take this and flip it around and use it to look forward. What will you treasure in 2021? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. At the start of each year, we often try to answer this treasure question by making New Year's resolutions. If you treasure your family, you might resolve to spend more time with them. If you treasure your health, you might resolve to start a workout routine or maybe a new diet that you should have tried a couple of months ago. Um, but whatever it is, you treasure something and you start a routine to follow that treasure. I've had a few New Year's resolutions myself, and really, no matter what kind of resolution it is, there is one common thread that has been in all of those resolutions, and it's that the resolution does not last, right? The, you know, maybe you are more committed than me, but for me, it might take days, it might take weeks, it might take months but the New Year's resolution would be swallowed up by the rest of January, February, and the rest of that year. A couple of years ago, I was working at a startup that was marketing an entertainment app. My boss at the time was a guy named Eric, who is now a good friend of mine, and he told me the golden rule of entertainment apps. People come for the app but they stay for the community. No matter how good our app was, the thing that would keep people around, our app would only last if it was centered around community. Now this concept rings true in a lot more than just entertainment apps, sports, video games, hobbies, church. No matter how attractive something looks on the surface, it will only last if it is done in community, in relationship. In God's original creation, everything that God had made was good. And yet it was not good 
that man was alone. Here at Discovery, we often come back to the word shalom, this web of right relationships. So this week, as we are reading through this scripture, let's read it through the lens of shalom, this web of right relationships. Now, the biggest chunk of today's scripture comes in the book of Matthew chapter 7. So as you're flipping your way through there, um, Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Um, It's about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. Um, And just some context on this um, chapter, uh, Matthew 7 is the third of three chapters that make up maybe the most famous sermon of all time, the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew 7 starts off like this. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So in order to fully unpack these verses, it's important to know the audience that Jesus was speaking to when he gave this sermon. So the Israelites were a people who, from the very start of them being a nation, they were under something called the law. So when Jesus tells this crowd of Israelites, do not judge, He's telling this to to a a crowd, a society whose very direction, both past, present, and for the foreseeable future, was determined by a judgment of the law. So what Jesus was saying here was pretty radical. And yet, just a little while earlier in his sermon, Jesus had said this, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. See, this is why Jesus didn't just stop with the first three words. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. While the focus of these verses is judgment, the theme of the conversation up to this point and continuing through this point is right relationship. Let's continue on with the rest of the passage. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. 
Okay, so first of all, what is going on in that first verse? Um, there, there are many different di directions that people have taken this verse. Some people take this verse and they use it as a justification to call other people dogs or pigs, which by the way were some first century burns. You know, they, they weaponize this verse to quickly cut off those who have done something against them or maybe even those who disagree with their view on something. This verse, though, is, is much more a clarification than it is a condemnation. Jesus' call towards right relationship is not a command to pour yourself out in harmful relationships. Let me say that one more time. Jesus' call towards right relationships is not a command to pour yourself out into harmful relationships. After this verse, you don't have to look too far forward to get to another controversial verse. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. It's so easy to hear this verse and to think that these verses imply that, that God is some sort of magic eight ball or a genie in the lamp. You know, shake the magic eight ball, rub the lamp, and you will get what you ask for. Here's where I think the confusion comes in in these verses. In Western culture, when we read scripture, we have the tendency to read ourselves in as the protagonist of the story. Here's an example of what I mean. In Luke 15, we read the parable of the lost sheep. In this parable or story, we read the story where we, the lost sheep, go out wandering, and then God, the good shepherd, comes out and brings us back to the other sheep. In other cultures, though, they will read the exact same story but the story isn't called the parable of the lost sheep. It's called the parable of the good shepherd. The focus is on God. So even though it's the same story, in this story, it's a story of how God goes after the lost sheep to bring that lost sheep back to the other 99 sheep. Right after this story comes the story of the prodigal son. This is the story or the parable where a wayward son indirectly insults and shames his father. Um, and finally, he comes back to the father and is welcomed with open arms. In some other cultures, though, this story is exactly the same, but it's labeled the parable of the loving father. It's a story where a father has a son who indirectly shames and dishonors him and goes off in his own life. But while that son is away living life, that father is waiting. And when the son comes back, the father still welcomes him with open arms. Discovery. When God, not ourselves, is our focus, many other things come into focus. Then the essence of, of these verses is not the perks of being Christian, you know, a magic eight ball or a lamp with a genie. The point of this story is that we have a good father who loves to give good 
gifts. What our good Father wants us to do is to ask, to seek, to knock. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And then the verse that quite literally brings it all together. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Or in first century term, this sums up all of scripture. So in this digital age, in an age where our Instagram followers will judge us and put us in a box based on the couple of moments they see us when scrolling through their feed, we are called to replace our snap judgments and dismissiveness of others with a whole view of others, to try to see them as God sees us, to see them as we want to be seen. In this time of a global pandemic, where it is so easy to judge the person passing by us on the street by the kind of mask that they wear over their nose and mouth, or by the length of the buffer that they keep when they pass by others. What if we remembered instead that through all their imperfections, behind all of that, there is a person who is trying to get it right. There is a person who, just like us, was not prepared to be in a global pandemic. What if we remembered to judge others with the measure that we would like to be judged with? In a country where the American dream tells us that we need to work and earn what we want and where we want to be, remember that we have a Father who gives good gifts to those who ask. Remember and then do to others what God does to you. Certainly, let me say, there is wisdom to discerning what you have before putting it on social media. There is solid reasons why we wear masks and socially distance. And there is a lot to be said about working for what we have and working towards our goals. But here's the thing, a pursuit of shalom, a pursuit of right relationships does not abolish these things. It doesn't get rid of them. It fulfills them. So as we're looking forward to 2021, as we make our New Year's resolutions to help shape the next 12 months of our lives, Remember that while we have our while having our own rhythms of self-care is important if we are to love our neighbors as ourselves then it is at least equally as important to have rhythms of caring for others rhythms that lead to shalom lead to right relationship those are the rhythms that lead to life so what's a rhythm that you will set? What's a rhythm that you will keep or continue as you move into 2021? Is it a spiritual practice, Sabbath, fasting, solitude, prayer, 
confession, outreach, encouragement. Could God be calling you to enter more deeply into one of these? Is it a relational rhythm, an emotional rhythm? Is it a healthy rhythm? Friends, as you think about what rhythms you will engage in, remember these three things. A good rhythm is a rhythm that is founded in the person and character of God. Is your rhythm a good rhythm? A rhythm will only last if done in community and in relationship. Remember that your relationship with God can be your primary community and relationship in a rhythm. And lastly, remember that it is not all on you. You do not have to get it perfect. As you form your rhythm, form it open-handedly. Plan your rhythms open-handedly and watch as God changes your rhythms into something that changes you into someone who is more like Him.